Hello there, and welcome to episode 68 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Here brought to you in part by our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network and Mitch and Greg Price of Price Custom Homes. You can get more information by going to PriceCustomHomes.com. They can help you from the beginning of the process to the end of the process and all points in between. Thanks, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show here on the Fairfield County Sports Network. My name is Steve Rowland. Our co-host today is the regular co-host who is super in so many ways. Super daughter, super wife, super mom, and super friend to all. She's also a little stitious on occasion. Um, she keeps us in stitches with her um, maybe inability to understand many things. Um, or her needlework, or her crocheting, or um, her um, sewing expertise. And when you put those together, what do you have? You have a lady who, in the immortal words of the theologian Michael Scott from The Office, she's not superstitious, she's just a little stitious. She is with Young Life Lancaster, she is Kelsey Bowl. Welcome to episode 68 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> uh, 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 how how how'd that work out? I mean, depends on... What we're uh, grading it against. Okay. Yeah. Grading it against the standard. Mm, not my favorite. Not your favorite. Okay. Are you Are you not a super daughter? I mean, that is such a weird phrase. It I'm is? sure my loving parents would say that I am. Okay. Very good. Uh, mm. What about super wife? Josh would yeah, kindly if, say that I am. If you could get his attention, if he would actually <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> Don't did come he. at me. Neither did he. Um, <coughs> another story for another time. Maybe. Or maybe today. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, would your kids say you're a super mom? I think they would. Yeah, you know what? I would too. Thank you. Uh, from a casual observer. Which, uh, uh, I want to pause, uh, go in a, in a different direction here. I, <laughs> okay. I actually met your son officially <laughs> for the first time in one of the weirdest ways. <laughs> uh, would you care to explain what happened? We were at the Lancaster High School Gymnasium yep. for the varsity girls basketball. Well, we were there for JV too. Uh -huh. um, this, I think, was last Friday night. I believe it was. And um, we were sitting behind the tables where the press sit, I guess. Yep. And your son and his friends, who my husband and I know, um, were setting up the equipment to call the basketball game. Yes. And you were not there. Right. And we had been interacting with um, the high school boys and... Uh, my two young kids were there and then you walk into the gym and you immediately start talking to your son Samuel and his friends um, John and Ben and I don't even really know what you're saying. Yeah, we're we were trying to get the make sure we had all of the ducks in a row for the broadcast. Sure. Unfortunately, I had a funeral to do uh, that evening, and uh, so I wasn't able to get there in time for setup and collecting information. So I'm trying to make sure we have rosters and starters and who are the officials and all that kind of stuff. Right. So we're sitting right behind you, and you yeah. hadn't noticed. Completely yes. oblivious to Which the fact you were there. fine. There's several people. I mean, more than several. There's hundred, I don't know, people in the gym. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, my son, I think, realizes, like, my husband and I are talking about you. And, like, I, he was, like, pointing at you and talking about you. And I was like, that's my friend Steve. And he, like, just walks up to you and gives you a hug. And you, like, just pick up this kid you yeah. don't know yep. and, like, give him a kiss. Yep. And then you're, like, obviously scanning the crowd for yeah. his parents. Yeah, some kid, <laughs> random kid just comes up and hugs me. Yeah. And, yep. Um, I... <coughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, that is a normal reaction for me. Sure. Often, uh, sure. kids will run up to me, and I have to tell you, in all the annals of all the things that ever happened to me, this is one of the best things that ever happens mm -hmm. to me. Um, when a person feels safe mm -hmm. uh, and loved and supported, um, I love that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now this uh, sometimes <laughs> uh, when they go back, I ask my wife, "Now who, who was that?" Right. Because right. I don't know whose kid that is, but they seem to be excited to see me, so I was excited to see them. Right. Sure. Well, I think it's a uh, normal uh, human <laughs> occurrence, right? Somebody's excited to see you. You get excited <laughs> to see them, uh, yes. and so I assumed you had put him up to that. And so when I gave him back to you, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even sure that was the right thing to do um, <laughs> because um, he looked scared. Um, oh, he did? He, he did to me. Oh. Like, oh, what is that guy doing? Like, he sure. overwhelmed me oh. uh, even though I, I went to him because I thought you had sent him to me. And that, that's the, the um, thing that was playing in my head. I was really <laughs> focused on making sure we were ready for this broadcast. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy to hold your kid. I'd be happy <laughs> to kiss him on the cheek. Uh, I'd be happy yeah, to get yeah. him back to whatever. Um, uh, I, I got to speak to, uh, to Lucy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was wonderful. Um, but it was not. It, my focus was on that broadcast because I, right. I, uh, I wanted to be ready yes. uh, for, for when that happened. And uh, I, I get interrupted a lot. And, and quite frankly, I, those are blessed interruptions. They're wonderful. Right. Um, but I had not, I don't think, even officially met him, maybe. Yeah, uh, I don't and know. And so uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I assumed you put him up to it. And I was, I wanted to ask you earlier, <laughs> maybe uh, before we got this <laughs> podcast started, um, uh, how, how he was doing and, and how he responded to that. But he didn't seem to be too traumatized. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, he okay. loved it. Okay. And I think both of my kids are used to Josh and I, you know, having friends. And some of them, they know much better than others. But Lucy recognized you right away. So, again, I think Wade had heard Josh, Lucy, yeah. and I, like, talking about you being my friend. And Lucy knows we have a podcast. And we, um, you've given us, very graciously, a couple of your children's books. So, like, we'll read those. And I'll say, oh, this was written, you know, by my friend. Um, and so, like, you're not unknown to them yeah. at, at all. Right. But they haven't had tons of face-to-face interaction with Correct. you. But, no, I don't think – I did not read Wade as scared at all in that situation. Okay. He would have clung to Josh and I had he been scared. I see. He's also pretty outgoing and social, and yeah. um, he's a little daredevil and risk-taker. I see. And I love that. I want to develop that, but also teach him, you know, healthy yeah. senses of right. – when stranger to, danger yeah yeah, yeah yeah right be afraid but no he um he would not have gone up to you if okay. he didn't want to okay but um Good. i think he just understood you're a friend of like our families right. and felt comfortable yeah. looking up to you yeah w- which was great man I, uh, and and i actually feel even uh, much better about it now yeah uh having heard that explanation because yes. um I, I never want to scare anybody right um but um i did write a book on hugs <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um i received that um mm-hmm. and uh, uh i won all of that um uh, it just was uh, <laughs> was not <laughs> something I was expecting. Had I gotten there at the regular time, right. where we're just you know chillaxing a little right. bit, um, that process would have gone differently. And I think you had to leave before we were done with the broadcast, I and did. so uh, it's probably past their bedtime. Yes, so, very uh, much so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that didn't have that interaction on the backside, uh, which which is fine. But uh, awesome. Well, that uh, that clears that up. So, so we got to, we got to super mom, and then yep. um, I, I can. I can contend that you're a super friend. Well, thank you. You're, you're a very good uh, listener. You're a very good supporter um, and encourager. Uh, and so uh, that, to me, uh, in, uh, in <coughs> you and I have had this discussion about loyalty. Um, and uh, I think my friend, uh, Kelsey Bull, is um, super loyal. Uh, and um, as, <coughs> as I get older... Uh, I appreciate that uh, more than maybe I would have uh, when I was younger. So uh, thank you for being a super friend to me. You are uh, just as much a super friend to me. So thank you. Um, now, what about uh, sewing? I don't. You don't? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do keep me in stitches from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're not a crocheter? No. Nope. You can't imagine the day when you'll sit in a rocking chair and crochet a sweater? Actually, in high school, my best friend's mom taught her and I how to crochet. Uh-huh. And we would crochet for fun in yeah. high school. And I could see myself picking that back up. I don't think I was particularly super great at it. Uh-huh. Um, but now, thinking about that, if I if someone would take the time to, like, reteach me, I'm like, I might find peace in that. Like, okay. keeping my hands busy and yeah. watching a show or listening to a podcast. Right. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> sounds peaceful. 
<laughs> we might be turning a page here. Um, we'll go so back to that. Would you? Uh, beanies are in. You're wearing a beanie today. Yeah. Uh, here, so you can, can you make beanies with crocheting? I cannot. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing? I don't. I don't know. I think it's a thing <laughs> for someone. <laughs> for uh, someone. Have you ever cross stitched? Nope. Yeah. Does that appeal to you at all? They look cool. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it seems like it takes like, I don't know, uh, 45 years or something to get one of them done. <laughs> uh, the size is about an inch high and an inch wide. So it's just too much for me. Okay. Uh, I, I, I like the idea because in my mind anyway, it's kind of like a, a, a picture that you would, you know, like a dot to dot that you would draw and then color. Right. It, it looks like that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be cool. I don't think I would have the patience uh, to actually pull it off. My mother-in-law made, uh, she cross-stitched uh, stockings for all of her grandchildren. Wow. Um, and it, 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 I don't know how long it took. It, it had to take many, many, many hours. And uh, those are extra special, uh, certainly to my wife and I, uh, and to the grandkids uh, that their, their Mimi um, cross-stitched those stockings for her. So that's really good. That is. Um, so probably not a, a ton of sewing for Kelsey Bowl. Nope. Now, the reason, uh, do you have any idea why we're having this discussion? Superstitious? Yeah. But you went, you took stitches into stitches? I know, isn't that great? No. No. <laughs> not so <Nope>. much. But, <laughs> but you tried. I did. I did. Be for effort. We, thank you. Uh, that sounded like my great card. Um, so, um, why would we be talking about that? I, why are we talking about being superstitious? Yes, ma'am. I don't know. Well, you know what today is? No. Friday the 13th. Oh. How about that? How about it? Now, now, now are you feeling superstitious or just a little stitious or what? Nothing. Nothing? You got nothing? Nothing. Huh. Interesting. We're recording this podcast on Friday the 13th and you're not worried at all. No, are you? Um, well, don't make this about me. If <laughs> I set up a ladder, will you walk under it? I mean, maybe. If I give you a mirror and you drop it and it breaks, how nervous will you be? Not that nervous. Really? I mean, just nervous that no one would get hurt from the shattered glass. Okay, very good. It's a very loving thing <laughs> for uh, a mom, especially, to worry about her kids getting cut. Um, what about uh, if you walk out of the studio today and a black cat walks in front of your path? How nervous will you be? It depends on the cat's demeanor, but oh. not that nervous. <laughs> cats are weird. Yeah, amen, sister. I mean, sometimes I love them. Like, they can be so nice and cuddly and warm and uh-huh. sweet. And sometimes it's like, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Could claw your eyes out. Good. No, thanks. Uh, you, know what, <laughs> you know how I love cats the most? From when, a distance. When they act like a dog. <laughs> all those things you yeah, said, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Those are all kind of dog care. You know, they, yes. they snuggle up to you. Yes. Uh, they're purring. It's mm-hmm. actually kind of uh, peaceful and comforting, right? Right. Uh, uh, they let you pet them. They want you around. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run to you when you walk into the room. Cats don't do that. And the only cat I like is the cat that acts like a dog. Sure. So <laughs> it would seem <laughs> that maybe we just get a dog instead. Yeah, we both have dogs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I, uh, I have found cats to be very aloof. Um, at what seems to me a little hoity-toity. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they think they're better than you. <laughs> yes, they're in control. I'll let you pet me when I'm ready for you to pet me. And then when I'm done, I'm going to walk away. And you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sense I get. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> the, the black cat's demeanor, that, that matters. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard this superstition. You are not supposed to walk out of a door in a house that you did not walk into. I have heard that from yes. you. Yes. And um, I've talked to other people about it. Nobody else that I've ever talked to has heard of that. Uh, right. Maybe one person. But my aunt, my aunt um, Janet Jordan. Uh, she's the one who told me that because we were at a birthday party at my house and she, uh, I, uh, she said, I, I said, you getting ready to leave? She said, yeah. I said, you just walk out this door. She goes, no, that's not the door I walked in. I said, oh, well, it doesn't matter. You, you can get your car that way. It'd actually be shorter. Uh, I said, nope, that's not the door I walked in. Uh, it's bad luck to walk out a door that you didn't walk in, uh, when it comes to a house. Now, apparently that worked for her cause she died here, uh, this past summer, um, at 92 or 93 years old. Wow. Yeah. 
So it worked out pretty good for her. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So you might want to start adopting that one if you <laughs> want to make it to 92. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I do. You don't, you don't, you don't know if you want to make it to 92? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, are there any other superstitions that you recall? I mean, in sports, there are so many, right? Like, some people don't cut their hair, or they wear the same socks, or they don't wash a yes. garment for right. the whole season. I don't know. Yes. I've never subscribed to these. Yeah, but that, that's a very um, kind of you to bring it back to sports. <laughs> the sports <laughs> and spirituality show. Um, so I'm here, right? <laughs> exactly. Sports oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but, uh, yes, um, sometimes when you watch baseball, you'll see a baseball player, of course, wearing the helmet, and they got the logo on the helmet. And sometimes, um, I, I remember there was a couple of players, I think for the Boston Red Sox, because they were often going deep into the, uh, to, uh, the playoffs and the World Series and all that. But some of the players, you could barely see the logo. And it's because they, wear, uh, they put pine tar on the bat to make the bat stickier so it doesn't fly out of the hands um, when they're using it. And so th they're putting on the helmet, taking off the helmet, and they do that so often that the pine tar builds up. And so I think that's a superstition where they don't they want to wear the same helmet and they don't want to clean it. Um, Does every batter in professional baseball have their own batting helmet? Yes. Fascinating. Yeah, because it it it's, it fits. Uh, it's set to fit for them. You don't want to be going to the. Um, helmet rack and going oh which one of these and you're trying them on three or four of them at a time sure no time sense. for that okay no you need your own helmet yeah uh, and so definitely. yes so um uh, there have been people who've slept with their bats because they were in a slump and they were trying to uh break that um what? An another yes a very common thing with baseball superstition is you never step on the white lines do you ever see that no, never paid attention. When you're watching a baseball game, often, uh, and there might be uh, somebody in this room uh, that is <laughs> careful not to do that. Um, it's not me. Uh, so uh, you'll see them sometimes jump over uh, the white lines. So, like, if you hit the ball, aren't you supposed to run down the white line towards first well, base? Well, you're supposed to run down the path. Uh, the white line is on the outside. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going in the dugout or out of the dugout. Uh, as you're coming onto the field, coming off the I field. I can't even picture a baseball field. I mean, I can picture a baseball field. Yeah. But <laughs> I can't picture the lines. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you got home plate. Home plate. It's sure. called a diamond. Yeah. Right? So the lines go out, uh, yep. up the first baseline, third baseline. Yes. So if you're a pitcher, you're on the mound. Yes. Uh, you're going to go to the dugout over by first base. Yes. You see the, there's that white line that you goes from. You step over it. You step over it or jump over it. You don't step on it. That is fascinating. Yeah, that that is uh, lots and lots and lots of baseball Here's players. Here's my thing about superstitions. Yeah, y there's just no way to ever prove like it's it's true or not. Right. Like it's just all coincidence. It's all mental. Is it? Yeah. Okay. If you step on that white line, what's going to happen? Um, you're going to strike out the next time you go to bat. Okay. So like, you know. You the jump rebel over, in me is stepping on it hit. to see if I strike out. But then I'm trying to prove that it's false, yeah. that I'm going to get a home run. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, what do you think the chances are <laughs> Kelsey Bull gets a home run? <laughs> Nothing. Not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never. So I wouldn't step on the line if I were you. You try okay. to increase the likelihood <laughs> that this is going to happen, even though it's never going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I just that, that's very typical uh, superstition. Um Yes, uh, people, uh, maybe uh, you mentioned clothing uh, that they wear. Uh, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have a little superstition related to that. Um, uh, during Ohio State-Michigan week, I never wear anything blue or yellow. Uh, what? Yes. Like jeans, blue jeans. You wouldn't wear them. Nope. I wore gray, tan. Well, it hasn't worked the last couple years. I know. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to have to switch it up. Yeah, wear that blue. I don't even wear blue underwear that week. I have several pairs of blue underwear. Sure. But I don't wear them. Okay. Gray. Wow. I have a pair of red underwear. And I... The way that your mind... Were, like, I just can't even fathom giving mind share to these things. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, nope. I mean, it is absolutely what I think about. When I open what? my underwear drawer, I think, are the Reds playing today? Uh, is Ohio State playing today? Nope. Okay. I can wear the red underwear. Because I... You don't wear red on the days that they do play? That's correct. Uh, what? Because I wore it uh, uh, and they lost. Um, and so I tried uh, to I this, tried to change this it. Just, no, no. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> yeah. This makes no sense. Well, I know it doesn't. Okay. I, I am Great. I am aware that it has absolutely nothing to do with it. Um, I'll give you another will example. Will not affect the outcome in any way, it shape, doesn't. or form. It doesn't. Okay. Um, I will tell you the other day, um, well, actually, um, it was, I think, the Ohio State-Georgia game. My son was watching it with me. His friend, John, invited him over to watch the ball drop. So he left the house, and he said to me, Dad, Ohio State's winning right now. If they start losing, I'm coming back to watch it with you. Did he come back? He didn't. And so I'm pinning the Ohio State loss on my son, who did not come back like he told me he was going to uh, if we started losing. Well, so, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but he it, literally, he said that, right? And it's just the way uh, that uh, true sports fans, this is why you can't understand it, um, operate and function. I actually think it is this sense, one of the reasons we love sports is because we get emotionally involved, right? We are investing, not just financially, buying the merch, uh, paying the tickets, uh, parking, uh, whatever. Um, uh, It's not just that. It is we are emotionally invested in it. Uh, my wife, uh, when we first got married, when Ohio State lost, uh, uh, she said I was a real grump for two or three days. And, uh, and that's true. And I, I remember how it made me feel emotionally. And so we're emotionally invested. So it's kind of like, look, I don't want to do anything to screw it up. Um, so people will sit in their special seat when they're watching a game so that their team will win. Uh, the, the I just, I don't, I don't get it. And so... You can logically say, I know that doesn't affect the outcome of the game at all. But because you are fully invested, you're emotionally invested, it feels like you have a stake in the game. It feels like that um, you got to do a certain thing, and if you don't do a certain thing, the player's not going to do a certain thing, and we're all going to lose, even though I've never taken one snap uh, at an Ohio State football game. Uh, I've never thrown one pass, never run one yard, uh, and never will. Uh, but I'm emotionally invested in it. So it is not a team. It is my team, or we like to say our team. Sure. Right? Uh, and so, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of superstitions in, in the sports world and uh, different things that people do <clears throat> to um, get a positive outcome in the game and <clears throat> sometimes feel like that maybe they affected the outcome of the game, even though it they is didn't. not possible for them to impact uh, the game in that way especially if you're watching on television if you're in the stadium uh your the the loudness of your applause um that kind of thing it, it can affect the outcome of the game in a couple of different ways one if you are tired it's near the end of the game you can get strength from that applause and your opponent uh when it gets really loud struggles to communicate with their teammates and so uh, it can affect the outcome of the game in that respect. But these superstitions, I know uh, they uh, are just that. Yeah, they are. They don't impact the game, but um, they are. Uh, <coughs> it, it allows us to stay even more emotionally invested in the game. Sure. That makes sense? I guess. Uh, it doesn't to you. No. Now, I know you're not a sports fan because mm. Friday the 13th, who is the most famous number 13 in Ohio State history, recent Ohio State history, since you've been alive? Eddie George. Eddie George was number 27. (laughs) Good for him. Yep, and there's a picture right behind you of Eddie George wearing number 27. So uh, Mm -hmm. swing and a miss there. <coughs> what there you got? Any other photos? Oh, I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. Uh, there might be. Uh, 
I don't know that I have his picture. I, I will give you this hint. He played the same position as Eddie George. Which was? <laughs> What's it look like he's doing in that picture right there? Mm, what running. Position? Yeah. Yeah. So running back. He's a running back. Very good. Oh, good. Very good. Um, <laughs> so he played running back for Ohio State. Good for I him. I will tell you, uh, that picture up there, national championship, uh, 2002, uh, he helped us win that. 2002? So, yes, ma'am. Uh, I don't know, Steve. One of the greatest football games ever played. It went into double overtime. It was against the Miami Hurricanes. And as a matter of fact, this particular running back, our quarterback, Craig Krenzel, threw an interception. The guy for the Hurricanes was running it back. This running back tackled him, tackled the football, and took it back from him. It's one of the most iconic plays in all of, quite frankly, all of college football history, uh, what happened there. Good for him. Yeah, and his name is? Couldn't tell you. Uh, he had a lot of legal problems, actually. Spent some time in prison. Mm. That helped you at all? Nope. They did a 30 for 30. ESPN, have you heard of them? ES um, ESPN. Does his name start with an M? It does. Maurice Claret? That's exactly right. Great job, kid. Thank you so much. Now, how did you get that? <laughs> Um, I don't Was know. it the 30 for 30? <laughs> yeah, because I do think I've seen that. Oh. Um. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. She doesn't know the greatest play in college football history, and yet you try to call yourself an Ohio State fan. You know. <sighs> yeah, I stand by it. You still stand <laughs> by it? Even though the only way you know Maurice Corrette is because you like sleazy television. I didn't. Sleazy television. That's what I said. 30 for 30? Well, it was a salacious thing. Um, you're a uh, you're a, a a bachelor bachelorette gal. <laughs> it doesn't get sleazier than that crap right there. I don't understand how all these things are tied to yeah. your brain, but that's yeah. fine. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. So yeah, he wore number thirteen. Okay, great. Yeah. So, so he wasn't superstitious, right? Because, apparently, because uh, you know this about hotels. Yeah, they don't have a 13th floor. But well, they do, but they just don't put it right. on the elevator. Yeah, so what is on the 13th floor? Uh, well, I think uh, the 13th floor is the 14th floor, but they just call it the 14th floor instead of the 13th floor. Oh, because, really? Yes, because nobody will, nobody will sleep there, which is... I would. Um, I would, too. Yeah, what? I would, too. So yeah. you're telling me that... I'm almost okay, so I have heard that. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. I always envisioned the 13th floor was like the laundry offices, facilities. Right. Yeah, offices. Could be. Kitchen. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, could be. I, I'm not sure. But I actually I actually think they, they just, just didn't put it on the elevator, but you'd actually go to the 13th floor even though you'd hit the 14th button. Oh, yeah. wow. Weird. Yeah. You know what? We'll have to, to do a little investigation uh, the next time uh, we stop at the hotel. Yeah. A, a, a taller hotel. Uh, yeah. The ones that's I go to are only about five, yeah. five floors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to go to, to New York City or Chicago or something. Definitely. Um, uh, to do that. I mean, Columbus has tall hotels. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you don't have to go that far? No. Okay. Just go to Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Now, what's the name of it? Yeah. Both Hyatt's. The, um, Is there a Hyatt downtown? Yeah. There's a Hilton. Is it really? Yeah, the I think there's a Renaissance or Radisson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's several tall hotels All in right. Columbus. Okay. Well, maybe I don't have to go that far then. I could uh, I could just go to Columbus later today and say I just want to uh, I want to check out 13th floor here. Okay. And see what happens. Okay. See if they'll let me. Okay. What do you you, you want to go with me? Nope. Come on, let's <laughs> no. let's do it together. <laughs> no. Because you'll say I'm lying. If uh, I come back with some story that you don't agree with. I mean, for sure. Yeah. That's what I'll so say. Let's just go there. Um, I can't uh, we'll, today. We'll, I have other commitments. We'll, we'll take separate elevators. Um, okay. So you you know that I'm not making it up. Yep. And uh, I say meet you on 13th floor. Right. Yeah. I feel like what we got to do is like go to the 12th floor and then take stairs to the oh, next floor. Oh, I like the way you think. And then, Yeah. And yep. then see, like, if you open it up and it's like, you know how they'll do, like, 1409. So it's uh, like yes. 14th floor, yeah, room right, 9. Yeah, right, Then we'll just have to see, is, like, after the 12th floor, do they just, yeah. like. Start doing 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it 
the thirteenth floor and there's offices or yeah. storage or yeah. you know. It's it's a it's a wonderful question. We don't have the answer, but we can find the answer. One day. And I like that. Great. Yes, I, I feel like I want to know the answer now. Oh, um, okay. I don't this care. Friday. I, don't, I don't care. I won't think about this as soon as we move on. Oh, I will. Uh, <laughs> because it's Friday the 13th. And, uh, now, now, uh, now it matters to me for some reason. Um, you've heard this expression before. I've got good news and bad news. I have, I have. Okay. Now, when you hear that uh, and they say, which do you want to hear first, how do you respond? Bad news. Why do you do that? Bad news first, end on a high note, end with good news. I absolutely am 100% the same. Give me the bad news first. Well, I, I, I have uh, w- what I would consider maybe a, a not-so-happy story. Okay. Um, and a happy story. Great. Okay? Uh, good news, bad news. Uh, would you like the bad news first? Yes. This is an interesting and convoluted and twisted story. Okay. Okay? So uh, I am worried about losing you I'm uh, <laughs> along the way. I feel uh, like uh, I'm... Yeah. You're already lost. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, um, um, I'm going to do my best to make it uh, clear to okay. you. Okay. Story uh, time. One of uh, the things the Lord has really given me a, a wonderful opportunity to do, and that is to do prison ministry. I know it's not for everybody, uh, but uh, what an outstanding opportunity the Lord's given me. I've been doing it for now uh, for about three years. I literally have friends all over the state of Ohio in prison. Um, the, the friends that I have are people that are, are trying to serve God. They're, they're trying to go the right way. This week, I got a call from a prisoner who just got out about a week ago. And uh, he was about to make some poor choices. And he, he calls me, and, and I did my best to encourage him to make a, a wiser choice. And I'm so happy to say that he chose uh, this good choice. Uh, and he's in a, a safe place, a, a place that's going to help him move forward. Super excited about it. And none of that would have happened if my friends hadn't given me opportunities uh, to minister in prison. I, it's just, uh, it really has been a great joy of my heart. So this week, I go to um, a prison in Chillicothe. Um, the chaplain asked me to do uh, two things. Uh, uh, they have what they call GP, or general population. He asked me to, uh, to preach the general population. It was at 6 o'clock in the evening. He said, we have an opportunity for you to speak to the death row inmates. And I'm like, sign me up for that. Because I went one other time, and uh, uh, there's about 128, I think, people on death row. Now, most of them don't come, but four or five of them come. I think he had four the first time, and there were six guys that showed up. At one o'clock in the afternoon, um, I uh, I got to interact with these guys. It was wonderful. Got to sing with them. Got to share the word with them. Got to hug them. Receive hugs from them. It was awesome. Well, when I left there, I was already in Chillicothe, so I'm like, I'm going to go uh, to a restaurant, uh, do some work uh, for the church, uh, and then I'm going to head back uh, for the six o'clock service. So I decided, uh, I put my GPS, you know, downtown Chillicothe, um, and uh, so I'm just driving along. I see this church. I was, you know, trying to figure out, well, what's the name of that church? And I hear this loud crash, and I look up, and I see a car t- sliding sideways. It had T-boned a truck, and that truck just kept driving. And I'm like, oh, um, I, I, you know, I, I got to call 911. I, I got to uh, follow that truck. I got to take a picture of the license. But I was trying to figure out what to do. Thankfully, the truck pulled over. And uh, so a bunch of people jump out. I jump out. Uh, we check on the kid that T-boned the truck. Uh, he's 16 years old. He's oh, only wow. had his license for three months. Oh, no. Um, and he was fine. You could tell. His, right. you know, uh, he, he, he seemed to be fine. He looked fine. He wasn't complaining of any injuries. Um, and the, it was not his fault. The person ran a red light. Oh. And so it wasn't oh. his fault. Uh, there was um, uh, coolant spilling all that 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 car is totaled the front end was all mashed up so i go down and check on the people in the truck it's two ladies and uh, one of the ladies is complaining of a leg injury the other lady says no i'm fine i'm fine and then she says i'm on my way to grant hospital my baby daddy has just been shot and killed and i'm trying to get there um to uh to to find out more about it 
Um, and so she was in a hurry. That's why I think she was thinking, just right. keep going. We'll deal with this later. Uh, she made the wiser choice and stopped. Right. And she went back and she said, it was my fault. I ran the red light. My baby daddy just got shot and killed. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get to him. Um, and then the cop, it took the cops a long time to get there. Oh, um, no. Because the shooting happened in Chillicothe. Oh, and no. it happened while I'm in death row talking to the death row inmates in Chillicothe and another part of the city. That city's not very big. Uh, mm-hmm. Another part of the city, um, something went down and uh, a guy was shot and killed. And it just so happens that I find the baby mama of the guy that got killed uh, because of this accident. So I'm standing there. I'm chatting with him. One concern that I had is that she was really motivated to leave, right? She didn't want to be there. She's got this major crisis. I don't think they were together anymore, Mm -hmm. but he did father a child with her. Right. And uh, uh, by her admission, certainly, I don't know what what the facts are. Of the, of the story, um, but this is what she's saying, and she said it uh, to multiple people, and one of the people, one of the bystanders said, I'm worried she's going to take off. I said, you know what, I'm worried about that too, so I just moseyed back down there just to, to, to be a presence. I, uh, one, of the, one of the uh, victims said, uh, who are you? And I didn't want to tell her I was a minister because I didn't want to, that to right. Impact her her thinking. Uh, I'm the chaplain for the Lancaster Fire Department. I didn't even tell her that. I said, I'm just somebody. I'm just a person. And she actually said, "Oh, you're a nosy bystander, huh?" Oh. And I said, "Well, or or somebody that actually cares." Right. And she said, uh, "Thank you very much." So she she switched pretty quickly there. Um, and the uh, the lady said, "I gotta go. I I gotta go check on, on my baby daddy." And I said, "Ma'am, I, I understand, but you're gonna you're gonna get yourself in a lot more trouble if right. you take off. Uh, so you, you want to stay right here? Oh, my truck! I don't know what's gonna happen. The airbag deployed in the truck. Oh, no. uh, it's it was just a bad situation. Um, but thankfully, she stuck around. The cops showed up, and then she's asking the cop, "Oh, what can you tell me about my baby daddy? What can you tell me?" Uh, and of course, he couldn't tell her anything. Right. Um, and uh, she had gotten word uh, that that he was shot." Um, so, uh, when the, I, I stayed there for a little bit, but the cop gets there. Okay. Um, he's in charge. Yep. Uh, he can call the ambulance if they need it. It didn't sound like uh, they needed that. So, uh, so I left earlier this morning, I am scrolling through Twitter and I see, uh, someone mention a young man named Juan Elmore Jr. from Pickerington Central, uh, had passed away and, um, I had the privilege of covering him in 2018 when he played in the Final Four up at the shot uh, at Ohio State's campus. And uh, so um, I, I look it up on um, uh, the Internet, and as it turns out, he is the one who was shot and killed in Chillicothe. Um, and so I, was, I had left prison, <laughs> death row inmates. I'm getting ready to go back to the prison. And while all of that happens, somebody that I actually covered as right. a high school basketball player right. is being shot and killed while I'm involved in that. And on my way to find a place uh, to work on my computer, I find the baby mama uh, of his uh, by, uh, pardon the pun, uh, by accident. Um, mm-hmm. It the twists and turns of that in my mind are fascinating. They put together a, a video tribute to him, and and I, I remember him. Uh, he wasn't the best player on the team, but he's really really good, uh, and helped them uh, get uh, to that to the final four. Uh, and so uh, it was just uh, fascinating how all of those pieces come together. Uh, there seems to be uh, a lot of this kind of thing. I. Uh, heard uh, as a fire chaplain uh, for the Lancaster Fire Department. We had a swearing-in recently, and I went to that. And um, the assistant chief has a stepson, and that stepson has a 14-year-old friend uh, who committed suicide. Uh, and the high school is having a moment of silence. They were having uh, calling hours at the high school. Uh, there's just too much of it. There's too much of this uh, death uh, and destruction of our young people. And uh, it, it breaks my heart to think that we're covering these athletes um, and uh, 
the, the, uh, Juan was 23 years old. He'd just been out of high school a few years, and, uh, and, and this is how it ends for him. And so, uh, really, I would uh, trust that uh, we would uh, do what you and Josh are doing, and that is being present in the lives of these young people so they know that in the crappiest moments of their life, they've got somebody who loves them, who cares for them, who can point them uh, to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and give them hope uh, for the future. So uh, I think the work that you guys are doing is uh, its extremely important. It really is a life and death kind of thing. And that came home to me uh, here in the last few days. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I uh, don't know anyone involved in that story or account but I do think that there are plenty of reminders around us about how short life is and I think um, to me it's a reminder to not take it for granted to tell people that you love that you love them Um, and also I think where I stand it's important to make sure you um, share the gospel with them as much as you can and sometimes i don't always mean even words but right um i think words are necessary but i i just think man like his family the people that did love him and care about him i'm sure this week has been a shock and incredibly difficult for them um and I just am so sorry because I'm sure as people listen to this, that that's their story or they know of someone who that's their story or that will be their story at some point. Right. Yes. Um, it's interesting because I think loss is so universal. We've talked about this before, I think several weeks ago, but the way we experience it is so unique and personal. And so um, it is just so hard because it's so inevitable, but um, you know, I, I hope that his family and friends, um, are finding peace. And my hope is that that peace is in Christ. Yes. Uh, and it's my understanding they did locate what they believe to be, uh, the perpetrator of, uh, this crime and uh, maybe there'll be some closure there, uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, and and hopefully uh, that is the case for the family. And I think about the players that he played with. Some of them might actually still be students uh, because it's not that long ago, right? Uh, Or people that he knew, the entire community of Pickerington uh, carrying this extra heavy burden. Uh, It is important for us to to lean on each other, lean on the Lord, uh, to be there for those uh, who are having these struggles. Have you ever had uh, people maybe that you've worked with um, in your ministry, because you've been doing this for quite some time, uh, that maybe um, died by suicide or uh, were killed in a tragic way? Um, In terms of the Young Life ministry that I've been a part of, I the closest I've gotten to suicide is, um, friends of mine, their friends. Um, so I'm so thankful that at this point in my life, it has not, um, through young life directly impacted me in other ways it has. Um, and then, I mean, tragic things. I remember we were in Indiana and we were, we were relatively new there. And, um, this young girl I knew, her family was actually our neighbor and they were really great, really sweet people. A lot of kids, I don't remember how many, but they lost a young child. Um, I think health complications, I don't remember. And, um, we went to the funeral and it was the first time I was at a funeral for a a child and yeah um that like that will probably stick in my mind for a long time yep um so again i loss is just so close to everyone i mean and that's what's scary because i don't think we're called to live in fear of it correct live in fear of death i don't think that's the place we should or want to be right um but i also you know, what's the balance of taking it seriously? Sure. Um, and knowing that it's inevitable and could happen at any time. I think about that a whole lot more now that I'm a parent. Correct. Um, 
you know, drop my kid off to stay with a relative or at daycare or, you know, and it's like, I, I'm someone who already likes control. So to like give control up to someone else. And I mean, accidents can happen in my home. Under, Correct. Like the, yep. just this morning, my kids were like sitting on the bath, like the ledge of the bathtub hugging, which yeah. is so sweet. Yeah. But they like lost their balance and like fell into the tub and knocked their heads, you know, like, yep. so I'm like, any little thing can happen all the time. True. And I don't want to live in fear, but you also want to live with a healthy respect um, in perspective. Yeah. Uh, w- wisely spoken. I do think of what the psalmist David wrote in a very uh, familiar Psalm 23, that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of death, I think, is where you and I are, right? Uh, we're talking about these things. Uh, uh, we haven't passed away, but we're in the, in the shadow of that. Uh, and it's very dark uh, and sad and heartbreaking. So when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil because God promises to be with us. He continues to write, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. We believe that's the word of God and the spirit of God. They come together to provide us comfort. And that comfort comes from having a relationship with Jesus, right? Knowing that uh, this short life, as tragic as it ends, uh, isn't the final chapter. We have a relationship with Jesus. We have eternal life. Uh, and it is a wonderful blessing. It is heartbreaking. Uh, I remember when my dad passed away. Uh, and my oldest sister said, he's gone. And I said, good for him. And, and I meant it. I was 67 years old. He died too soon. Um, but uh, he, he went to heaven. Uh, so good for him. It sucks for me, quite frankly, uh, that my I don't have my dad around. He'd be right. 80 years old. Uh, we would have a wonderful time together. Uh, actually, he'd be 81 now. Um, and uh, uh, we would do ministry together and all those things. I can't have that now. And, and I hate that for me. But I love it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I think the psalmist was trying uh, to share with us. So a uh, uh, great reminder to uh, uh, tell the people you love that you love them. Uh, be there for them. Uh, and uh, invest in the lives of other people, especially young people in this context, uh, so they know that there's people that care for them. Mm-hmm. Looking after them. Uh, and when it gets really bad, you can be there for them uh, in the challenging times. Uh, we need a happier uh, subject, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, you said there was good news. Oh, is there good news? I don't yeah. know. Well, it, it is for me, I will say that. Okay. And I think maybe you'll celebrate with me. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll see. Um, as you know, uh, we're blessed with four children, three biological daughters, and a son that we adopted. Uh, we adopted our son when he was three and a half years old um, from Ethiopia. Went through an agency called All God's Children International. I remember asking them uh, when we adopted him, hey, when should we take him back? Um, and uh, they said, you know, which was true, uh, every child is different. You know, some might be ready sooner, some might be ready later, some may never want to go back. Uh, you know, it, it, it depends. But usually around 16 years old. I said, okay. Um, so my son is 17 years old. Last year he was 16 years old. That's how the math works. And is it? Uh, it, it mm. does. And so um, he was ready to go back. I was trying uh, our best to go back. I was literally sitting at my table at my computer about to order the the tickets, uh, which are really expensive, <laughs> about 1500 bucks. And uh, we're getting ready to order these tickets. And I call my friend who's going with us. He had a ministry over there in Ethiopia. Ethiopia, and I say, hey, I'm about to order these tickets. We, uh, we, we ready to pull the trigger? He says, uh, yeah, your passport's good, right? I said, oh, yeah, it's, it doesn't expire till September, and we're, we're going in June. He goes, nope, you're not, your passport's not good. I said, what do you mean? It expires in September. He said, you can't go to Ethiopia unless your passport expires uh, more than six months. So if it's, mm. if it's less than six months, uh, you, uh, your passport is no, is no good. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. My wife's is the same. My son's the same. Oh, my goodness. How am I going to get this done? So I, I tried to figure it out. I, I had this elaborate scheme, uh, which I was the only one excited about. Uh, but I'm I, sure. Like, we've got to make this happen. My son hadn't been ready to go back. He's now ready to go back. I've got to do this for him. And so uh, this elaborate scheme uh, was obvious that it wasn't going to work. And so we had this moment where I called my friend again, and I said, I don't think it's going to work. He said, okay, uh, we'll just have to do it next time. 
Uh, my heart was broken for my son because I felt like uh, he's ready to go back, and now mom and dad won't take him back. And uh, I said, son, I'm really sorry about that. He said, dad, I'm not mad at all. You did everything you could think of and things that probably you shouldn't even be thinking of um, to try to go. So um, we'll, we'll, do it. we'll do it next year. I said, son, next year is your year. 23, that's your year. We're going to do it. He's going to graduate for Everfield Christian Academy. We're going to Ethiopia next year. And he's like, yep, uh, that, that's great. And so that was what mattered to me the most. The day we made the decision, the next day, uh, we got a text message from Connections in Ethiopia that said, I heard you might be coming. Please don't come. Oh, wow. The government, uh, not good. Uh, bad things are happening. Uh, you really shouldn't come. And uh, it was the confirmation we needed that we made the right decision. Yes. In this process, we uh, have been trying to connect with some biological family members of his. For two and a half years, we have not gotten any connection. We don't know if they're alive. We don't know if they're not allowed to communicate, if they've stopped things. We don't know. Uh, there was conflict from, my son was from Tigray, so the Tigrinians were in conflict with uh, uh, kind of the, the government uh, officials in Addis Ababa, the capital city, and so there was conflict. So nobody was allowed to come out of Tigray. Nobody was allowed to go into Tigray. Oh, wow. So we wouldn't have been able to connect with family members if we had gone last year anyway. Okay. So we, we, we don't have any connection with them for two and a half years. Yes. We're, we, if we had gone, we wouldn't have been able to connect with them. There was a 0% chance that was going to happen. Okay. So this year happens. Yes. Um, we are uh, putting plans together. I promised my son we're going to go. and Knowing I, that you're not going to be able to go back into the region he's from? We, we, uh, we're willing to take that risk. Okay. Because okay. he, he needs to go back. He needs to sure, see sure, his sure. country. He needs to reconnect. He's about to go off into adulthood Um, this is the right thing number one reason to go uh is for him to be connect with his native country number two is to connect with family members okay yep okay i think my question though is do you have like what is the uh, temperature there now not the physical temperature but like between the region and the capital city great question um because here's what we find out okay we're getting ready to order tickets and i call my friend and he said hey they just signed a peace treaty and oh by the way they've just opened it up where the tigrinians are allowed to come out of tigray um and so uh, all of the things are lining up oh great for us to be able uh, to go okay so i'm sitting at my computer i'm looking at flights and my wife says to me um hey i got a i got a facebook uh, message from uh, uh, somebody in ethiopia okay and okay we haven't heard from them for two and a half years sure we were going to go last year and we weren't going to be able to connect with them mm-hmm. now we've got a peace treaty signed now people are allowed to come out looks like we may be able to go back up there uh as well and we haven't heard from them in two and a half years and she checks the message and it's my son's biological mom what saying um in broken english um we're alive um we are here um uh, we understand that you uh may be coming here um, uh, he has some biological siblings, and she mentions them, uh, so they must be uh, alive and well. So um, we, uh, on Wednesday of this week, uh, I bought the flights uh, to go to Ethiopia. Uh, we're going March the 30th through the 13th of April, and I couldn't possibly be more stoked about it. Wow, that is a wild yeah, story. It is. And um, as this entire process has played out, uh, I say it's not a Stephen Stacy story. It's a God story. And even in this moment, uh, I said to my wife, uh, we're going to figure out why we couldn't go last year uh, and we're going this year. And it appears that all of the ducks have gotten in a row. Yeah, that's uh, wild. And uh, uh, we are, we're going to be able to go. Uh, we're probably going to be able to connect with his biological family members, wow. um, uh, at least one or two of them, because when we when we went to adopt him, it was 2009, uh, we went with four other families. So five families flew together. Uh, the agency was All God's Children International, and so we went to uh, this orphanage. Uh, to uh, to pick up our children, and then we had to go to uh, the uh, embassy for the final 
report or whatever, uh, final signing of docs, and then and then we left. We literally were on the ground four days. Okay. We flew in Sunday night. We flew out Thursday night. Okay. Um, there were five families. The other four families met a family, a biological family member. They have. They did. Wow. Uh, while we were there on those four oh, days. Oh, 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 okay. While we were there, we were the only family that didn't meet a biological family member. Oh, okay. And at the moment, I thought this is cool because I, we don't have to deal with the emotion of mm. you know him uh, separating from a biological family member, sure. or, uh, our emotion, and all of that. As I've gotten older, um, I'm really disappointed that we didn't have the chance to meet a biological family member because mm-hmm. um, I really would have loved to have that interaction uh, with, um, w- with a family member. And uh, uh, we didn't. But it looks like uh, that it is uh, all going to happen. Uh, you know, we, we wrote a book, uh, one of the books we gave you, a children's book. We actually, uh, it's called I Know an Old Fellow Who Swallowed a Cave. I uh, just read it yesterday. Did My you daughter, really? Yeah. How about that? Um, uh, we had it translated into the Amharic language, mm-hmm. and uh, so my wife today is working on getting it uploaded so we can uh, get it printed and uh, take some copies with us uh, to give uh, to uh, the uh, Ethiopians there. We'll be working with an agency called Grace Center, uh, which the guy is Tim Giese. He's actually the first family in Fairfield County to adopt out of Ethiopia. Wow. We are family number two. Wow. Uh, we use the same agency. And so uh, he's already ministered at Grace Center for, for many years. And uh, so he's uh, going to be uh, our guide uh, while we're there. Just super stoked about it. Um, and I love what uh, it says in Romans chapter 8. Verse 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves uh, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. I find it interesting. The Amaric word for Father is Abat, much like Abba, Abba the yeah. um, Arabic word. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so uh, I love the opportunity we have had uh, to adopt our son. And I love the beautiful image that we see that God has adopted us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people, uh, our American history is not very good about white people going to Africa and taking uh, black people out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the scourge of slavery. Uh, we didn't go there for that. I didn't go uh, to get a slave. I went to get a son. And we went with the spirit of adoption, uh, not the spirit of slavery. And he has been a tremendous blessing to our family. And my wife, uh, she's been very emotional uh, about this whole thing. Uh, so excited uh, about the opportunity we'll have potentially uh, to meet the biological mom. And I don't think there is a higher degree of love than to be able to say, this is my child, one that I love, one that I want to keep in my life forever, but I can't care for them. So I'm going to relinquish them and let somebody literally around the world uh, to to take them in and raise them as their own. Um, I don't know that there's a higher degree of love than that. And I can't wait uh, for uh, the opportunity that we may have uh, to give her a hug, uh, to thank her for the outstanding blessing uh, that she's given to to us and our family. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably talk about it on the podcast. I hope so. Yeah. So who's going? You, Stacy, and Samuel? Yeah, correct. Uh, my middle daughter was hoping to go, but uh, because we're going to go for a couple of weeks because uh, you, you actually miss about uh, three or four days just in travel. Right. Uh, the way the time zones work and all that stuff. Um, and so uh, she would have to use uh, her pay time off. Um, she'd have to use all of it for the year. And uh, and so that that's not a wise thing. It's possible that I'll have a couple friends go as well. Um, they have uh, asked about uh, the possibility of doing that. So, but for the Rao family, it's just Steve, Stacy, and Samuel. Uh, we will be taking lots of pictures and be happy to share those with anybody uh, who's interested in hearing the story. So, yeah. Well, that's going to wrap up episode 68. Um, a little superstition, a little bad news, uh, ending with some good news. Yeah, some great news. Yeah, it, it's great news for me, and uh, I hope you can tell. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. I can tell. Would you come back for episode 69? Sure. Would you? Yeah. Oh, awesome. 
Well, I will look forward uh, to that. Um, I don't know who the guest will be. Uh, maybe we won't have a guest. I don't know. Uh, a little unusual to not have a guest on this program. Um, but uh, thank you for going on this superstition, bad news, good news journey. I'm here for it. Yeah, very good. <laughs> and you'll be back uh, next time as well. I want to say a special thank you uh, to our friends at WLRY Radio for Life, uh, broadcasting the Sports and Spirituality Show. Our friends at Save Radio on Monday evenings, our friends at the Fairfield County Sports Network, and Price Custom Homes. Greg and Mitch Price been building homes for nearly 50 years. They can help you from beginning to end. You can find out more information by going to their website, Price Custom Homes. Thanks, Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show. For our co-host from Young Life Lancaster, Kelsey Bowl, I'm Steve Rouse saying thank you for listening and join us next time for the next episode of The Sass.